This is the Everything EV Podcast by EV Powered. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everything EV Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything electric. I'm your host, Charlie Atkinson, and in these episodes we'll be discussing everything to do with electric travel. So whether it be cars, bikes, boats or even planes, we'll have it covered. We'll also be speaking to people from within the industry to get their views on the EV space, as well as other features such as electric car reviews, electric motorsport coverage and much, much more along the way. This podcast is available on all streaming platforms, so be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to receive every single episode as soon as it's released. And please do go back and check out all our other episodes too. In this week's episode, we're joined by Dan Martin, the CEO of electric vehicle charging firm Elmtronics. Having started the company nine years ago, Dan has been part of this growing industry from the very beginning, and he's here to talk to us about the journey of the company, the challenges it's faced, and what the future has in store for Elmtronics. So, Dan, thanks for joining us today, and I suppose my first question is, for anyone that perhaps doesn't know about Elmtronics or isn't too familiar with what you guys do, could you just tell us all about the company? Yeah, sure. So we are basically electric vehicle charging specialists uh, really focusing towards fleet and commercial customers so um, delivery fleets workplaces um, and also to home charges as well so what we do is what we try and do is we try and look after the needs of both the corporate customers but also those corporate the the people that work for corporate customers that need to take the vehicles home in the night or support fleets um, both in the workplace and, and at home as well. So what's the journey of the company been like from when it started to where it is today? And what sort of significant milestones have you achieved in that time? Yeah, well, it's been almost nine years, believe it or not, since we, we first initially started the business. It was me and uh, and the other co-founder, Anthony, who uh, was my, my best mate, still is, I should say, <laughs> Um and we started out out of a farm with a, a thousand pound a laptop in a van basically um and a, a few electricians and what we did is we 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 just concentrated initially in the northeast um on home charging and then it just kind of grew from there to be honest we started to work more with public sector clients uh, you know, with a few ambulance services nhs trusts and then our reputation really spread throughout the UK and we started to pick up more contracts in, in the, across the Northwest and then down through into Bristol and then across London. Um, and now we're fortunate to work with, with an awful lot of different businesses all over the place, uh, you know, from public sector clients like the London Ambulance Service and Manchester Fire and Rescue and um, you know, West Midlands Fire and Rescue and lots of NHS trusts and, but also, a lot of commercial customers, so people like FedEx and BMW and uh, and uh, you know Arrival, lots of different businesses. Yeah, you said that it was nine years ago that you started the company, and obviously the electric vehicle market was a million miles away from where it is today at that point. So, did it feel like a bit of a gamble back then to to start an EV charging business? Oh, without a doubt, it was. Uh, it was before electric cars were sexy. It was pre-Tesla. Um, it was it was still a bit geeky, if you like, and electric cars weren't really at that time seen as a credible uh, form of transport. Obviously, fast forward, you know, eight or nine years, and it's it's a totally different landscape. And obviously, 
uh, EVs play a major part in in the, the future of, of transport. And yeah, it's it's come it's come a long way without a doubt. And was there some sort of like light bulb moment that sparked the idea for the company? What was the sort of initial inspiration behind it all? We were running an electric uh, electrical contract firm at the time, and we were looking to diversify. And everyone was into PV at the time and into solar. There's a big kind of solar boom going on. And I just wanted to do something different, something that no one else was really doing at the time. And when we looked into electric vehicle charging or electric vehicles, we found there was only a couple of companies. There was, uh, you know, at the time, there was a, a pub point, Charge Master, Electromotive were really the only company in Rolex were the only companies that were really doing anything in the space. And we just saw a big opportunity because we thought if this is going to roll out and really, you know, and, and, and build traction, then, you know, it's a, it's, it's a great opportunity. And we got into the market and then, you know, a, a really happy side effect was that we were doing something uh, really good. We had a, you know, we were building traction in a, a market that really, could could make you know make a big impact and had a significant change uh, change kind of factor if you like and just going back to when you started and you said that there were only a few providers at that time like like you mentioned podpoint and charge master and all the others and and now fast forward nine years and, and there's so many different charging providers out there and, and the market is quite saturated now so how challenging is that now with all those different competitors and, and how is that working out it's not really, to be honest with you, we, we've we've always had a really good customer base, and I think obviously we, we've had the advantage of of entering the market early and building a really strong reputation in the market. Um, so it it hasn't really been a factor because I think a lot of the companies that we're seeing entering the market are are really focusing down onto. Um, home charging or, or kind of uh, localized commercial um, charging, and it, it's it seems it seems it's it's already became segmented. So there's obviously companies that are concentrating on the uh, the four core charging models. So um, you know the, the kind of public um, companies, and then you've got the fleet companies like us, uh, which there, there are one or two of. And then there's some that are concentrating on on kind of new builds and domestic um, domestic kind of projects. So there's plenty to go at. I mean, the, the building of the, the EV charging infrastructure across the whole of the UK is a, a colossal task. Um, and there's plenty of room for everyone within it. Yeah, we'll come on to that in a little bit. But for now, I'm just focusing on the commercial side of things. It seems like nowadays every company has got some form of electrification or sustainability goal or target to achieve. So that's obviously perfect for what you guys are trying to do then. Yes, definitely. You know, I think most corporations or most companies and organisations are always looking for a competitive edge against their competitors. And now most people see or most companies see when they're going into competitive tenders that there's a, a real lean towards sustainability so in order for companies to to effectively win tenders 
they have to have a really robust um, EV or, or sustainable transport strategy. So the, the, most people, whether they like it or not, are, are really being pushed towards it. Um, but most of our customers are, are, are very much, you know, going into this uh, with gusto um, and wanting to, you know, really embrace it. And, and that's what we're seeing now is a real change of attitude, to be honest, away from having to do it to really wanting to do it. Okay, great. And now I did just want to touch on the last couple of years because obviously the pandemic has put a massive strain on the industry. And so I just wondered how challenging the past few years have been for Elmtronics. Yeah, COVID's hit pretty much every company out there, I would say, unless you're selling face masks and, and hand gel. It's, it's, it has undoubtedly, you know, hit, hit every organisation. I think the whole economy, wider economy is really concentrated down on, on survival and, uh, and prioritising essential services and essential expenditure. So I think it probably has slightly impacted the industry or maybe kind of just slowed it down a bit. Um, but what we are seeing is we're on the, the, the other side of that. It's almost a, a slingshot effect where we're coming out of, uh, of, of the, the wider pandemic and, and really starting to see a, almost a frenzy of, uh, of activity by customers and corporations that are just trying to, you know, get, get their, EV, um, their EV strategy deployed. So that's that's what we're certainly seeing and you know it's the noise that we're hearing with regards to vehicle manufacturers because they they follow a similar kind of um a trajectory as as we're experiencing so it's interesting yeah they, it's not going away certainly it's it's intensifying and we, we we've we've never been busier now certainly in the last couple of months but yeah we've we've over the last couple of years we you know we've we've had tough months um as, as every business has uh, on the back of of the, the, the this completely unexpected and unplanned um, global event. Yeah, just when you mentioned that slingshot effect, obviously the industry is flying right now, even on a commercial front. So to me, and I have mentioned this a few times before, it does feel like the EV industry has reached this sort of turning point and it's moving full speed ahead now. So is that something you've recognised as well? And is that something that you'd agree with? Yes, uh, I'll be honest with you. If you're organize, if you're operating a de delivery fleet, um, certainly an urban delivery fleet, or or any sort of um, transport-based um, operation, then I think it's to be honest a bit of a do-or-die moment. Um, I don't know how long that you know or organizations can run effectively and efficiently and sustainably. Um, you know, kind of heavy diesel fleets or, um, you know, there's, it's not going to happen overnight. And, you know, we have to be realistic here that the certain factors, cost, um, you know, timings, uh, you know, all, all of these things to, to take into con in infrastructure, all these things to be taken into consideration. But if, if a, a company isn't really starting to think seriously about the transition over to more sustainable uh, means and I can't see what that future looks like to be honest. Yeah one thing that does interest me about the commercial side of the EV movement is that 
obviously everyone is aware of the 2030 ban on petrol and diesel car sales but there isn't as far as i'm aware anyway there isn't a similar sort of goal or target for companies to transition their fleets over to electric and so I just wondered if more could be done to help speed that process up and to encourage companies to, to do more. Yeah, I, I think there's obviously incentives through tax and uh, emission zones and and so certain other things that are, are encouragements for fleets to move over. I, I think the government's got to be careful not to, to go in too hard to penalise organisations that 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 it's 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 going to take longer and it generally does boil down to cost um so that there's the balance a fine balance i mean what remember what we're trying to do here is help help organizations to to uh, go electric and some need more support some are more self-starting some are obviously have deeper coffers and are bigger organizations and can can do that uh, quicker so it's 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 going to take time to to get everyone to transition. What's important is we try and help. We we try to encourage those large organisations, the big fleets that you know that we we see run rolling around every day, because that'll feed down, that'll feed the the the, the or encourage their supply chains to move over. So that you know. The, the, that the, it's an ecosystem if uh, if the big fleets are running electric then they're really going to be kind of pushing their their suppliers and and so on and so on uh, so they have a, a, a holistic um, supply chain that's that's predominantly uh, sustainable is there still some sort of education piece that's needed for the ev industry because I mean, especially on the consumer side, there's still so many myths out there. And it baffles me to think that some people still to this day think that if you drive an electric car through a car wash, it's just going to randomly blow up. So there's obviously still a lot of misinformation out there. But do you experience any of that on the commercial side of things? It's probably because I've been in the industry so long and seen a marked change in in, um, the fact that people both both commercial and domestic um are, are really quite familiar with electric cars they're everywhere now you can't turn the tv on without seeing electric you know several electric uh vehicle adverts so they're, they're all over the place and i think the the education's coming through it, it, where the mouth is helping because everyone knows someone that's that's bought one or has got one on the drive now so it's it's really starting to roll out. It doesn't need that mass kind of dumbed down education piece that were probably needed in in the early days because it, it was a such a huge, a huge shift away from what we were used to. So it's I think it's happening organically. To be honest, now I think we've probably shifted, um, and and it's it, it there are going to be people that are following or still struggling, but I think most. But most people understand what's happening with EVs and uh, yeah. And from your perspective as the CEO of a charging company, what three things would you like to see happen in the industry? And I, I know it's, it might sound a little corny, but if you were given that example of the three wishes where you could just click your fingers and make certain things happen, what what would they be? Yeah, uh, I'll be honest, I would probably welcome some level of standardization within the industry. Um, it it's kind of happening already because there's a lot of private investment coming in now. So, and, and every, and the, the level of competition and, or is, is kind of closing. 
Um, so it is happening, but I don't think it's a bad thing because I think if it's regulated or, or if it's it's balanced, it just it just gives everyone a level playing field, and it makes sure that you know um, standards are met um, and and the consumers getting a, a, almost a standardised um, customer experience. So it, every time you you know anyone that's driven an electric car will tell you when they roll up at a, a charge a new charger. And you've got a different app or a different measurement or, or some, you know, different way to input it, or you've got to, you know, use your card or you've got to use it. It 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 becomes it becomes quite complicated. In the early days, that was so painful. I mean, it drove me mad. I couldn't imagine how how customers felt. So it's it that's a that's a that standardization or that kind of is incredibly important. And that, but it, it is starting to happen because ultimately customer demands or needs are driving that you know it'll work its way out and it's starting to work its way out now so uh, i think that's a good thing um i think the the the, the home charge grants just been taken away uh or just, it's it's on its way out now um obviously this this industry it has to stand up on its own two feet but i think that's been really positive and it's certainly been in place over the last several years and it's it's driven it's given people a, a lot of incentive to 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 go electric or it's maybe reduced the cost of that that charge point down so uh, it it could have been extended for you know maybe another year just to just to try and help uh, that the private individuals to move um and what else i mean apart from that we do we do need some more um some more flexibility from public sector organizations with regards to allowing private companies to tender for sites as well so if it's the only way to scale this industry i believe uh you know charging points in the ether on street corners at you know um pub you know local authority sites and things like that i think that the only way that's going to happen is through private investments or companies that can come in and uh, and, and they'll pay for the charging equipment uh, so it's not on the pub come from the public purse and then set the tariff now that tariff will will settle itself to the right level based on competition a bit like petrol stations if you were charging five pound a litre you wouldn't get any customers and it's the same with ev charging it will settle at some point so i think that that's another thing it's it's just having a bit of open mindedness mindedness uh, from local authorities to try and you know leverage the the investment out there because there's an awful lot of uh, organizations wanting to to put charging equipment in the ground or, or fund uh, charging equipment and they're really the only things i would i would kind of pull out okay great and now out of them which would you consider to be the priority because i know a lot of people want improvements to charge points and that ease and convenience and the standardization like you've mentioned and whereas some people think it's just about getting sheer number of charges in the ground so i just wondered what your take on that was it's, I mean, it's it's numbers of charges ultimately. I think, but it's it's really everyone everyone puts it out as chicken and egg, or the the reference it, 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 this kind of chicken and egg scenario. It's it's exactly that. You know, charging companies won't put charges in the ground if the vehicles aren't there, and the vehicle 
people won't uptake vehicles until the charges are in the ground. So it's it's kind of unpicking itself. It's rolling out. Uh, but I think the delays with the EV manufacturing has been a, a big uh, a, a big blocker. So you know, I'm no personally trying to get a, a family car. We were, we were experiencing lead times of 12 months. So that, that just kind of slows things down. Um, the, the big one as well, I would say, is, is ease of use. These the charges have just got to be easy to use. Humans are we're inherently lazy. We just want the simple Amazon one click, you know, simple, the least path of resistance to, to go about our daily lives. And the easier we can make EV charging through pay-as-you-go or, you know, just, just a simple key fob even. The key fob's the best way. If, I, I love rolling up and just using a key fob. I know it sounds really archaic, but I, I find it the least resistant way because I've already got my keys in my hand, you know, things like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, just, just making things simple, basically. And, that, and that's the key to success as far as, as, far as I'm concerned. Okay, amazing. And now one of the reasons we got in touch for this podcast was because of the news of your partnership with Octopus. And so I just wondered if you could go into a bit more detail on that and explain how that will be working on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, of course. So we we started talking Octopus quite a while ago now um, as they, they had ambitions to um, help their customers towards electric vehicles and, and, and clean energy solutions. And we, we, we love Octopus. They've got a really, a really great business, a very good culture. Um, and and we, we, you know, we, we really look up to them, uh, we're quite aligned. So what we did is we, um, we started talking to them and, and they had a, a huge customer book and they were wanting to offer really good quality, uh, well-priced uh, solutions. So we we agreed that we would look after their commercial customers who would bring them to us um, and we would advise them, give them help and, uh, and, and try to help them towards the, the right solutions and then provide the, the charging equipment and installation services and look after it and basically an end-to-end service. And yeah, it's, it's working extremely well. They've got a network called Electric Juice, which, um, which our our back office works with alongside and uh and and it's yeah it's it's, it's working really well a great bunch of guys okay brilliant and now we spoke earlier on about how 2020 and 2021 felt a bit of a turning point for the industry and now just looking ahead into the future what are the sort of long-term goals for yourself and for the company yeah so we we've uh, we've just went through an, an exciting process uh which is uh we we've been acquired actually so Elmtronics as a company has been acquired by um Mer. so um, Mer are a, a subsidiary of Staffcraft who are the, the the largest clean energy company in the in Europe and and we we thought it was a fantastic pairing um it was a, a good time they've got a they're, they're building a hell of a lot of traction um uh, right across Europe and and we wanted to become part of that exciting journey so um, we've just, well, we're in the process of transitioning to Mer, um, and by the end of April, um, we will we'll fully be Merrified, if you like, and operating as as the the UK's fleet and workplace and home charging arm of of that organisation. 
Um, so we've we yeah we're in, entering a very exciting stage in a very exciting market, and it, what it does is it really places up there us up there in the in the in the top echelons of the of the market. That's all for this episode. Many thanks for listening. And if you liked it, then please do check out all our other episodes and be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to make sure you get every single episode as soon as it's released. For daily news coverage, features and much more, you can also head over to evpowered.co.uk. Thanks once again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of the Everything EV Podcast.